What's the key difference between a small coffee shop and Starbucks? Or a mom-and-pop diner and McDonald's? It's also the same thing that can make the difference between a well-produced event and one that's chaotic. It's the one thing that will make your life easier. Grab a cup of coffee or your favorite beverage and let's get started. I'm Alicia Barga, owner of Ripple Event Marketing. I've been producing nonprofit fundraising events since 2010. I understand the challenges of working with small budgets, coordinating teams of volunteers, and trying to manage all the details of an event while doing other jobs and tasks you have to do. I created this podcast to teach you the tried and true secrets of planning and producing successful events from start to finish. So let's get started. I'll admit it, the title of this episode is a little clickbaity because this one thing is actually multiple things, but they fall under the same umbrella. So here's the big reveal. The one thing that will make your life easier, systems. Systems, processes and procedures, templates, checklists. These are going to make your life so much easier and your events go so much more smoothly. Please note when I say systems at any time during this podcast, I'm referring to anything that falls under that umbrella. I want to point out one detail that some people might get hung up on. It's the difference between a system and a process. You might have a system for your auction. Within that system, you'll have a set of processes and procedures. I wanted to point out that I do understand the difference between these two, but I might use system and process interchangeably. So don't get all technical on me, okay? All right, there is a scene from the movie Founder. And if you haven't seen Founder, it's the story about Ray Kroc and McDonald's. And in this scene, the McDonald's brothers use a tennis court and chalk to map out the exact layout of the restaurant. They map it all out and then they bring out their team. They bring their team out to the tennis court and they practice their process for making burgers from start to finish. Their goal is to get hamburgers out in 30 seconds compared to the 30 minutes it would normally take. Now, if you haven't seen the movie, I'll put a link to the tennis court scene in the show notes. It's pretty remarkable what they did. And history speaks for itself as to how remarkable it was. So for the show notes, go to thatsoundslikeaplan.net forward slash episodes forward slash 13. And that's the number 13, not written out. And I'll put a link to that tennis court scene. Now, I'm not saying that you have to go to the lengths that the McDonald's brothers did to create systems and procedures for your event, but even just having a few in place will make your life a lot easier. I'm going to start really high level and talk about why you need systems and processes when planning an event, and then I'll give you some examples of some of the ones that I use. So starting with the why, I call these the four C's of event processes. How's that for rhyming? The first C is clarity. Systems, processes, and procedures provide clarity around what's to be done, when it needs to be done, who's doing it, and how it needs to be done. That makes less work for you. 
It leads to more autonomy for yourself, your team members, your audience, and your vendors. They don't need to keep coming to you asking what they should do next or when or how it needs to be done. While it may feel good to be needed and to feel like you're the keeper of information, eventually it gets really old and it's not good overall. I'm not proud of this, but I'll admit in the beginning of my career, I loved being that person. I liked to be the one that people would come to. I loved feeling needed and I thrived on being that go-to person. But what I quickly realized is that when you're the go-to person, you're always needed. And that means you never get a break. The second C is cracks, as in, so nothing falls through the cracks. An event has lots of little details to tend to, and it's easier for things to get lost in the shuffle. When you have systems and processes, you ensure that none of those details fall through the cracks. I've seen event websites that don't include the date of the event. Think about that. I'm guessing that these websites were published without a second or third set of eyeballs on them. And I highly recommend that as part of your process for anything that goes to the public, that it does get viewed and reviewed by at least one other person so that you can catch those mistakes. But it's possible that two people saw that website without the event date and neither of them caught the error. A simple checklist would have ensured that that important detail wasn't forgotten. The third C is consistency. When you walk into a Starbucks anywhere in the country or even around the globe, you can expect that your drink order is going to taste almost exactly the same as it does at your local Starbucks. One of the biggest benefits of having processes and procedures is the consistency of the results you get. Consistency is so important because it builds trust and it improves retention of your volunteers, your sponsors, and your donors. Consistency also allows for measurability, and it enables you to compare apples to apples. The fourth and final C is conservation. The definition of conservation is the prevention of wasteful use of a resource. That resource is you. Systems and processes save you time and energy. That speaks for itself. Enough said on that. Now let's talk about some of the tools that I use as I create processes, procedures, and so on. And these are ones that I use for events or ones that I recommend you use. The first is meeting agendas. Agendas are such a simple tool and they can make the difference between a meeting that lasts for two hours and is all over the place versus one that is efficient and accomplishes everything you need it to. Of course, you need someone to guide that meeting to ensure it doesn't go off the rails. But in order to make sure you're on track, you have to have the track to begin with. And that track is the agenda. Now, at the end of each agenda, I always include a line item for next steps. This helps me to separate the action items from things that were simply discussion. After the meeting, I'll take the agenda and take those action items and put them into Asana, which is the project management tool that I use for creating an event timeline. In Asana, I'll put the action item along with the person responsible for that task and the due date. 
If you haven't already, check out episode number four of this podcast. It's called Leaving Enough Time to Plan Your Event. And I talk about how I create an event planning timeline using Asana. Go to thatsoundslikeaplan.net forward slash episodes forward slash four. Now, speaking of timelines, if you don't have a planning timeline, you should. It's a key tool that's going to make your life easier. And I'm not going to spend any time talking about my process for creating an event timeline because I've already done that in episode four. So check it out. Next is email templates. And if you get nothing else out of this episode, I want you to get this. Any Any email that you send more than once, you should create a template for it. Are you sending emails to request donations from local businesses for your auction? Make an email template. Do you have to send a weekly update on the event to a superior? Make an email template. Any email that you repeat on a regular basis or send to multiple people, make a template. Now here's an example of how I use email templates. Typically when I work with clients, Once a sponsor has committed to being a sponsor, they've signed a contract, they've paid their fee, I usually take over the communications with that sponsor. I work with them to get their logo and any of the deliverables that they have to send me in order to fulfill their sponsor benefits. In order to ensure that I'm asking for all the right things for each sponsor level, I create an email template. I create a template in Google Docs for each sponsor level. So I'll have one for the bronze sponsors, one for silver and so on. I'll draft that email outlining all the things I need from that sponsor along with the due dates for those deliverables. Like I said before, I'll make sure somebody else has taken a look at that make sure there's no spelling or grammatical errors or that it looks good to go. And again, that email has the things I need from them along with their due dates. And yes, sponsors should have deadlines. Take a listen to episode 11, The Importance of Deadlines, where I talk about this topic. Once I have all the email templates created for all the sponsor levels, I'll simply copy and paste that email to each sponsor. Now, sometimes sponsors are really on top of things. They know what their benefits are that they're getting. And so sometimes they'll just send their logo or send me something that I already need. So I don't have to include that in the email. So I'll just take that piece out. Now this leads me to the next type of process that you should have, which are tracking spreadsheets. You should have a process for tracking and cataloging the things that you receive. In the case of this last example, I would have a tracking spreadsheet for all the sponsored deliverables. On that spreadsheet, I would have the name of the sponsor, what those deliverables are that I'm expecting from them, I'd have a column for when I reached out to them and then if that had been received. I also highly recommend having a tracking spreadsheet for your auction. You can use it to track your asks that have been made and the status of those asks. And then once items start coming in, you can add them to your spreadsheet. Next is forms. Whenever accepting in-kind donations, whether it's for a raffle or an auction or anything else, you should have a form that the donor fills out. That form should include the donor's name, either their mailing address or email address or both, 
a description of the item, its fair market value, and then any restrictions or blackout dates on that item. I also include a section on the form for the donor to include how the item will get to the nonprofit. Are they going to mail or deliver it? Would they like someone to come pick it up? If so, when is it going to be ready? All those things should be on the form. Once you receive a form, that's when you add that item to your tracking spreadsheet. You can also add pickup dates of items to Asana and then assign the team member who said that they would go get those items. The last type of tool I use frequently as part of the event planning process is checklists. If you've ever updated an event registration or auction website, it can feel like you're starting from scratch every year. What usually happens is that you duplicate the prior year's page or site. Now, while this is a huge time saver, you still have to go back through the site and update things for the current year. And if you've ever updated a registration or auction site, you know that there are a lot of different places on the back end of that site to make changes. Having a written process or checklist for updating the site is going to ensure that you've covered all those areas that need updating from the prior year. Another checklist that I usually create is a packing checklist for every live event. There are usually a lot of things co coming to the venue, and having a packing checklist ensures that everything gets there. The checklist, which is just a simple spreadsheet, outlines the name of the item, the quantity, and who's responsible for bringing it to the venue. That can be a staff member, a volunteer, or even a vendor. Once the checklist is completed, I will share it with everyone who's responsible for bringing one or more items to the venue. This way, everybody knows who's bringing what. All right, that is it for today. There are so many different ways that you can create processes and procedures using forms, templates, and checklists that will make planning an event go smoother and make your life easier. For today's action item, Pick one area that needs improvement. If you try to do all this at once, you're just going to get overwhelmed. Just start with one area and determine how you need to update your process or create a process in order to make things go more smoothly. Do you need to create an email template or a tracking spreadsheet? Maybe you just need a simple checklist. If you don't have time to tackle it today, or maybe you're listening to this in your car, when you're at your computer, block off an hour on your calendar to make it happen. Block off an hour to create that email template or spreadsheet or checklist. Think of how much time and a headache you'll save just by putting a process around that one task. Trust me, you're going to thank me later. I would love to hear about some of the processes, procedures, systems that you've created you can DM me on social media. I'm at Ripple Event MKTG on Facebook and Instagram. You can also join the private listener community for this podcast. Go to Facebook groups and search That Sounds Like a Plan, and then you can request to join the group. You just have to answer three questions to join. Now, I don't see the answers to these questions. It's it's simply so that Facebook knows you're a human and not a bot. Once you've joined the community, you can tell us about the systems you've created or ask questions if you need help. 
There are other nonprofit leaders in the group that would be happy to give you feedback or guidance. And obviously, I'm in the group as well and would be thrilled to answer any questions you have. Thank you so much for joining me today. I'll see you next week.